Do you like working with your hands, or have you ever considered a career working in a refinery? The Applied Process Technology Program at Ashland Community and Technical College might be for you. After completing the APT program, students have multiple options to pursue as process technicians in general industry. Many of our graduates go to work in refineries or power plants. Multiple degree, diploma, and certificate options are available and the program can be completed in two years by maintaining full-time status. Financial aid is available for those who qualify. For more information, visit ashland.kctcs.edu. Welcome to From the Den. I'm Scott Martin. Joining me today is, uh, he's, he's our guest, but he's a great friend of mine. And he's a professor here. It's just cool calling you that. <laughs> Dale Queen. And, and we go back. We go way back, man. I mean, we're kids. Oh, oh yeah. We're, we're young kids. And we'll talk about that another time. Here's, here's what I want to say first. I'm really proud of you, man. You know, guys, guys need to say that more. But w what you've done is amazing and you're a professor you've written books uh, and we're going to get into these i remember when the cliffside book came out and my only memory and we'd all seen the pictures of cliffside park from well before our time and then then there was that little time like in the 70s they tried to bring it back i remember playing a gig there and, and then nothing ever happened again so this book came out and and you did that and and they all kind of lead one to the other but but thanks, man, for, for what you're doing. Thanks just for all the years of being my, my friend, my oh, buddy. Hey. Oh, gosh, yeah. We, we've gone all the way back to the 80s, I guess. We've yeah, been, yeah. We've been friends, and, uh, and it's, it's, been a, it's been a great friendship, and he's been a, a mentor uh, to me. That's frightening. So. <laughs> That's some scary stuff right there, kids. Um, so, sorry if I messed you up in any way, shape, or form. But, but, but okay, so, so let's, let's attack it uh, at just uh, – uh, like a level of time. You're an instructor here uh, at, at Ashland Community and Technical College uh, in communication studies. Yes. That's fair, right? Yes. So let's let's talk about that first before we get into books. Um, because cause one of the books actually is all about communication studies. But what led you here, and, and for people listening right now, what is, what is communication studies? Okay. Okay. Um, I've always wanted to, to teach here. I was a student here back in the in the 1980s, and as soon as I graduated from high school, my, my goal, I thought at the time, was to work down at Armco. Mm -hmm. and because at that time, everybody did. Yes. Yeah, that, that your dad worked there, your granddad worked there. That was that was the norm yes. back when we were kids. Right. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah. Right. And uh, my parents wanted me to go to college, and I, I was going to go two semesters, mm -hmm. and then I was going to quit. And hopefully at that time I was going to get hired on at AK Steel. And I started uh, noticing the professors, uh, become friends with a lot of them. And I thought, I think this is what I want to do. And this yeah. is completely different from preparing to go to AK Steel. Obviously. Yeah, because seldom do you see anybody in this building with a hard hat. Right. So, I mean, seldom. <laughs> right, I mean, right. it's probably happened. Yeah, right. seldom. Right. And well, I've got one in my office, actually, when, <laughs> I, when I worked at uh, Ashland Oil. So I still got that one. But uh, uh, that was that started the road, and uh, Armco started hiring, and uh, I didn't take the job, and I uh, went ahead and got my bachelor's in business up at Marshall, mm -hmm. transferred, and 
I knew that I wanted to get back here, but I didn't know what I wanted to teach. Right. So I started working out in the business field and went back and got an applied process technology degree so I could work at Marathon. And I knew that I needed some experience. One of the things that I always enjoyed was having professors that had experience in, a, in some type of field. Right. Real so, world. Real world experience. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. So uh, I went to Ashton Oil at the time, worked at Ashton Oil for a few years, and then Marathon bought them out. And I was one of the, the new guys. I was uh, at the, at a, in the plant, so I didn't know if they were going to keep me or not. It's a brand new company coming in. I thought, this might be my chance to go back to school. And I bought a lot of rent- rental property at the time, and I thought, okay, I can save some money up and, and go back to school. And I went and got uh, a degree in adult and higher education and applied here. And they were wanting somebody, they said, we want to try something new. We want to hire somebody that's an education major that can teach math, besides having a math professor to teach you know, algebra. Wow, yeah. To get them ready for calculus. So I started teaching algebra here, and and then sorry I missed that class. Yeah, by the way. <laughs> right, <Go ahead. laughs> right. And then uh, eventually, I knew communication was always the interest, and then I went back and got a communication degree, and and started teaching communication. You know, here's here's what strikes me about that whole conversation. Everything you just said, it it makes me think because you're that professor that a student can come to and go, hey, you know, Mr. Queen, hey, this, right? Yes. Like when I was here, you had uh, you had Tom Alamang, J.B. Sowards, um, I mean, Rick Conley, uh, just all these, Ernie Tucker, and those were the guys as, as, as we're heading down the hall to go to class would say, hey, how you doing? Hey, what's going on? You know, are you guys playing out somewhere or whatever? How's your family? Whatever. Didn't matter. They, they made contact with you outside the classroom. And that, that can become world changing. Yes. Because then all of a sudden it's like, okay, it's not that big, scary place. It's, it's not just the drudgery of going to class and doing the work and taking the test. All of a sudden you had a friend in that building. And to me, you are that guy now to, to these students because you do communicate and well, you teach it, but, but, that's the difference. You know, those guys made a difference in, in a, you know, in a bunch of, bunch of our lives. You're making that difference now. But you're, you're teaching them how to do it. So, so with communications, I mean, that's a lot of it. Yes. True? I mean, yes. Just, and, you know, and that's the brilliance, I think, of a community college where you can have that kind of relationship with a student. Yeah. You know, you go to a university and you just you don't have that because yeah, of man, the numbers. You're a number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a number. And, th- and that's fine. I mean that's that's but that's the route you're you're choosing. That you're exactly right with with the with the community college, uh, you get that kind of personal touch. And and many of them who wh- whether it's your professor or or your counselor, are, then send you on if if you need to be at University of Kentucky or at Moorhead State or or Marshall University wherever you choose to go. But they got that read on you first, right? So they can figure out. Okay, yeah, he's a little squirrely, but we like Scott. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna push him on along here. But no, I mean, but that's it. So it's that whole it's that whole interpersonal communication. Yes, that's kind of what it is. Yes, and you know, at a freshman and sophomore level, that's where you can either encourage the student or you can turn them away, right? Just by your your actions and your encouragement. So uh, you know, that's I always looked at that. My goal as a as an instructor is to to give them the the hard skills that they need, but also give them the soft skills, interpersonal skills, give them the encouragement that if you want to go in the technical field, you want to get an associate degree, go on for your bachelor's degree, 
the the future's open for you, and, right. and I'm here to help you, and I'm always going to be behind you. Did you miss starting college classes in August? Still waiting on your financial aid to be approved? No worries. Ashland Community and Technical College has a 12-week online session starting September 12th and an 8-week online session starting October 17th. Don't delay. Stop by one of ACTC's three campuses or call 606-326-2000 to get started today. That's cool. All right, so we're going to circle back to class, but first, because it ties in at the end. you got to trust me on this one. This is going to tie in at the end. This is all going to come together. You're a drummer. I trust you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right so, so it's all going to figure itself out. The first book you wrote. and, and Okay, so first, why did you write a book? Because here you are. You're changing uh, you know, the direction of your life. You're, you're not just going to work at, a, at the plant. Nothing, anything wrong with that. But you see yourself as an instructor. Perfect. You are. That was, so you're working on that. You're going to become this professor, this instructor here. Mm-hmm. And then you think, ah, I got some time. I'm going to write a book. What, how'd that happen? Right. I know you. What? <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, it's good, but I, I think that's cool. So how'd that happen? I was, uh, I was already working here as, as an instructor, and I, uh, you and I are both in the Qantas Club. Mm-hmm. And I was the president of the Qantas Club, and I used to have to get programs. And we always had programs every week. And sure. if, as the president, if a program didn't show up, I always felt that you as had a, to fill in. I had to do something. Yes, sure. I had to fill in. So I started um, just doing some research on Cliffside Park. I had some old history books, uh, local Ashland history books. And the only thing that was ever really written was about two paragraphs. And after I gave that, that little speech, uh, tried to spread it out for about 20 minutes, <laughs> there was uh, some members. <laughs> Which is tough when you're talking about Cliffside Park. <laughs> yes. And you're our age. <laughs> you're right. right. Yeah. We don't know anything about it. For, for those of you who don't know, Cliffside Park started in 1900 and closed down in 1925. So there wasn't any information, and I thought, you know, I could make this stuff up, and nobody would know. Right. You know, I could get 20 minutes out of this, really. So I just figured out 10 ways to repeat the same story, and at the end, I had three or four people that came up that was in the group, and they said, we belong to this Ashland Business Association. Would you mind speaking uh, about Cliffside Park? I thought, well, you know, these people are going to want to know something more. So I went back to the library, did some research, and and uh, did that presentation. They asked all these questions that I didn't know, so I I had a notebook, started writing down notes, went back to the library, and there was a a couple librarians that were local historians, and and I was asking them more questions. I said, do you know anything else about Cliffside? And they said, uh, Mr. Queen, they said, you're the expert now. They said, said, that's cool. They said, you need to write a book on this. They said, because, you know, all this is, if you're just giving speeches, it's going to be gone when you die. Right. So I ended up writing that book, and I was interested in Cliffside Park because I grew up fairly close right. to where the park was located. And my mom, she knew a lot of history on the park because my great-grandfather, who lived next door to us, he went to Cliffside Park. And I never listened to any of those stories. And my mom I, died in 2010, never listened to any yeah. of them. Yeah, that, that, that is one of the regrets as you grow, grow older. I know I was in the room my family was talking about something really cool, and I know I was busy doing something else. So yeah. you're right. Yeah, that, yeah I, I, I get that. So so Cliffside Park from 1900 1925, and that's a good run, you know, yeah. f- for a, you know, for a park, yeah, for 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 an entertainment kind of venue at that time. Yes, yeah. it wasn't easy to get there. No, I mean, 
for know? trolleys. Yeah, it trolleys. Was, it was a trolley park. Yeah, yeah, because they owned it. Yes, right? the the trolley people owned the park. Right. Didn't it? Did it have like a roller coaster? Yes. Yeah, yeah it had a roller like a coaster or something. Yeah, uh, it had a lake with twenty five boats that you could rent out. Uh, they had a theater, which is the the building's still there. It's it's the Cliffside Church now on Thirty Ninth Street. Okay, and uh, I know that. Yeah, that theater, uh, they used to have vaudeville acts. Yeah. And uh, they had a, a lady that um, she used to write. Uh, it's a lot of the, the hymns that's in the church hymnals now. She, um, I think she spoke there and had 13,000 people there. Actually, believe wow. it or not, the very first airplane to ever land in Ashland. Landed, landed there. Park. Yeah. yeah. Cliffside Park. They, were, they had a football field that Marshall University used to play at. And, and the first Space Mountain was there. I made that part up. But all the rest of that stuff was factual. No, I mean, but it was a pretty big deal. It was a real big deal yes. for the time and sure. the place. And you're right. From 1925 on, I mean, think about the oldest person you know right now about when they were born. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're yes. that, the people at the, at the library were exactly correct. Had you not written this book, no one would ever know anything about Cliffside right. Park. Right. Which is cool. So Camden Park was the sister park. Right, because it was owned by the trolley yes. trolley company as well. Yes. Matter of fact, I think some of those same tracks are the Big Dipper. That's <laughs> my opinion. I, I could be wrong, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying. So you're saying you w- wouldn't ride the Big Dipper? No, I would. Absolutely. I love the Big Dipper. <laughs> I, just, I do. I love that ride. So, okay, so then that book, in in my mind's eye, kind of led to the second one, the historical gems of the river cities because it it's pretty much dealing with that that whole set that whole set of of those things so mm-hmm. so t- let's talk about cuz i i i want to hear about that book the uh, whenever cliffside park closed down uh, there was a lot of reasons i mean there were, the trolley business went out yeah and cliffside was made just for trolleys where came park had parking so right. they they were ready for cars and and Huntington, that owned both parks, put more emphasis in, in Camden, so Cliffside closed down. And a lot of the things that Cliffside had actually went to Central Park. So I started doing some research on Central Park, and, you know, I, it just it got me thinking. I thought, you know, if I were, were going to take somebody out of this area, and if they came into this area and I wanted to show them some neat things. Right. This, it, where would where, you take them? Where would I take them? Exactly. So the second book I started off with Central Park. Yep. Then I went to the arcade downtown. I was so that's just a neat looking building. That is a, that is a great that is a great facility. That's just cool. And then I went to uh, the Paramount Art Center. Yeah. You know, yeah. What, what would this area be like without that's, the Paramount? That's that's one of my favorite buildings in this region. Yes. I love that. Yes. I just love everything about the Paramount. Then I uh, went to Raceland Racetrack. A lot of oh, people yeah. don't realize that we had a horse race racetrack yeah. here. And I know the guy that lives in what used to be the clubhouse across yeah. across the road from it. Right. So that's yep. kind of cool. Yes. And then Ironton had a semi-pro football team called the Tanks. Right. So uh, Tanks, Tank Memorial. Or Tank what? Mem- yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. 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 It's yeah. the same stadium. And then Portsmouth had a pro football team called the Spartans. Spartans. Right. And so I did, uh, you know, I covered all that, and I thought about Huntington. And I always thought the, the Frederick building just looked That's neat. a great building. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So I wanted to know the history. Why? Why was it designed that way? Yeah, you know, because it looked like a building you'd see in Chicago. Yeah, and uh, then I did. Since I, uh, I had, we talked about the Paramount. I thought, well, I need to do Keith Albee. Keith Albee. That's great. That's a great venue too. And uh, I finished it off 
with Camden Park, since we've already talked about Cliffside Park and Dreamland Swimming Pool. Yeah. Because each one of those had a particular history, and uh, I think they all tied in. And, and they were all the place to be. You know, and Dreamland Pool, man, there was that was what one of the largest pools in the country yes. when it yeah. came about. Every touring band, yes. big band, played up on top that um, that roof of the. Yes, uh, had a name. I'm sure it has a better name yeah. than the roof. <laughs> <laughs> Almost certain, it's a better name than that. But that's where they played, and yes. it was it was. I mean, it was big time. Yeah, Tommy Dorsey. Yeah, all the big bands played there, and there was people that on Calixburg. Side, they would go down at the riverbank and they, you know, the, the sound went yeah. across the Free river. Free show. Yeah. yeah. That's excellent. Okay, so are there thoughts of, and I know the third book is, is done, are there thoughts of another book along the lines of, of Cliffside and the historical gems, or are we going to branch into, because I'm leading up to, you wrote a textbook. How cool is that? I don't know. Well, I did have one professor at Marshall that had written a book. So you wrote, you, you went from all this really fun historical data that needs preserved, and, and you wrote a textbook. Right. So you just have to write, apparently, is your deal. Yeah, yeah. It's just part of being creative. You just want to want to write. And, and all that really led me up to, to knowing what to do, what not to do. You know, right. I learned exactly what I shouldn't, uh, shouldn't do while I was researching uh, for example, with the with the Cliffside Park, there was nothing on, you know, really out there for Cliffside. So my wife and I, we had to go to the the museum up in Huntington, and we would take those old microfish. Oh yeah, and we'd start at nineteen hundred, and we would just go through there till we saw something that said Cliffside, and then print it. Saw something that said Cliffside. It took us months. You know, all yeah. day Saturdays till they close close us out, and then we we went to to Ashton Library, which didn't have a lot because of the flood, right? Destroyed a lot of the records, and they had a fire, right? So there wasn't a lot of records, but then you know you had a whole stack of, of things, and you would have to try to make a timeline, right? So I did that and did it with both books. So this was a a lot a, a different type of research, and the reason I wanted to do this book was I had. Whenever I, I taught out of a lot of different different books, and I didn't feel like the books was really going to help the community college student because a lot of our students are going to get an associate degree and go out to work. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to to give them something that was family oriented and relationships that you have, which a lot of interpersonal right. has, obviously. You know how to communicate with friends and family, but how do you get them prepared for business and industry? Right. So I've got some chapters in there with that and some chapters about technology. And I wanted to specify it where this is the type of communication you'll see in nursing. This is the type mm-hmm. of communication you'll see in the industry. Uh, this is uh, was with special education. You know, the none of the books that I was teaching out of ever talked about this is the different type of special needs that people right. have. You know, how do you communicate with them? You know, they have different needs and different wants. So I wanted to put all that into a book, and I used to bring that type of information into class, and I ended up having a stack of information, and I thought, I'm teaching as much out of this as I am the book. Free money for college? It's possible. 78% of first-time students at Ashland Community and Technical College receive financial aid to help pay for college, but low cost doesn't mean low quality. At ACTC, you'll get a great education from our world-class faculty at half the cost of other colleges and universities in the region. 
Are you ready to take the path to your better life? Visit ashland.kctcs.edu or call 606-326-2000. Again, that's 606-326-2000. So some of that, I have to believe, some of that is because as a society, we don't communicate nearly as well as we once did because everybody's got their nose in their phone. Yes. So, you know, the, the, the art of as simple as shaking somebody's hand and starting a conversation are pretty much gone. You know, when, when you sit in a room and, and there are, and it could be four or five people, and, I'm, and they're not necessarily young people, and everybody's on their phone because the kids get the – get beat up for this. You know, they'll all be in a room and they're texting each other from three feet away. Well, I've, I've seen adults do that too. So yeah. newsflash, it's everybody, right. you know? So so we've lost that art of interpersonal communication, like sitting here talking, you know, yes. because as we grew up in, as kids, our families would all sit in the living room or the right. wherever and everybody talked. TV wasn't on, you just talked. You talked about what was going on. That's kind of gone because yes. if you're not in your phone, you're, you're stuck in whatever show. Yes. So... So that is that part of yes. why this book came about? Yes, this is the toughest class I've ever taught. I thought algebra was easier to teach than communication. You've lost your mind. <laughs> I mean, I like you. Yeah, <laughs> you're a good friend. But no, okay, but go ahead. The, the reason I, th- I, I think this is so tough is everything you just said. You yeah. go into a classroom, and all the instructors, professors that are here, you know, they all agree just to get them to talk. Whenever yeah. I first started teaching. You would walk down the hallway, and, and everybody was talking. It's like in high school. Yeah. And you'd have to get in the class and say, okay, quiet down, quiet down. Okay, let's yeah. start. Let's time out. Let's start. You don't have to do that now. So it's all quiet because they're in the phone. Yes. Wow. I hadn't really thought about that. Yes. I had not thought about that because you're right. Uh, I, we all were looking for each other going up and down the hall, you know, going to lunch or, you know, just see Eva Mae downstairs and you save me a table so we can play yeah. Uno. All those yeah. things yeah. that were important. Right. Are, are lost. Those right. are gone. Right. So, so this this book helps address that. Yes. Yeah. It it, it tells the, tells the student here's why we need to do this. This is why businesses are looking for this. Yeah. This is how you can have better relationship with your family. Uh, we've got a chapter in there on conflict. You know, if you've had a fight with a friend, uh, how do you analyze that? You yeah. Because I mean, if you don't know how to talk to each other, you're especially not going to know how to talk to each other after conflict. Right. True. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, because sure. if you already, if your if your communicative skills are lacking to start with, then you throw you know a little conflict in there. Oh. Welcome to the party, man. That's a good time. <laughs> I mean, nobody's going to say anything. Right. They're just going to stare at each other until the first one blinks. Right. And you know, with now with social media, a lot of people if they get mad at you, then they just delete you. That's true. That's so, true. You know, so there's no there's really no conflict resolution. No. I was just thinking about how in school we had to pass notes. <laughs> those days are gone. Yeah. I don't know why that flashed to my I never, head. I never learned how to fold those. Do you remember how they oh, were yeah. like little yeah, triangles? I can't do that. I, I, I never can't do that. that. I play flip football, but I can't do So, So when it comes to writing a book, because I, I, I know you have this, uh, you like to research stuff. You have this desire for research, and that's cool. So that part lends itself uh, to, to the writing uh the writing specialties, but what's what's the hardest part? And and maybe it's different for each book. Maybe what was hard for the Cliffside book and and the Jim book is 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 a different kind of difficult for for the interpersonal communication. But what's the hardest part? What's the most difficult part? You decide, okay, I'm gonna write a book. I thought with this one, I thought it was just is the research. 
because uh, you're you're doing this for academic purposes. Uh, and it, it, if you remember when you were in high school or if you were in college and you were writing a research paper, you had to have everything in citations. Yeah. And I had to go to the original source uh, on a lot of these, so I had to order a lot of books. I w- went through probably three or 400 peer-reviewed journals, and you'd have to read through a 25-, 30-page journal with words about eight inches long. No pictures. No pictures. I'm going with yeah. no pictures. <laughs> no pictures, no I'll pictures. I get it, man. I get it. And uh, then you'd have to figure out how, where you were, you were going to insert that. And after you had all these facts, then you had to put the facts together to tell a story. Yeah, and then you you'd start reading it, and you think, okay, this might be good for a a, a graduate level course, but maybe not for a freshman level course. So right. then you'd have to change that again. So and you actually use footnotes and stuff, right? Yes. You might be the only person I know, only person in my world that uses footnotes. <laughs> I mean, you might be that guy, which is cool. Well, yeah. But because it's this, it's like algebra, you think you're never going to use it, and then actually you do that every day <laughs> at right. some some point. It works itself in. You just don't recognize it. I don't know anybody in a given day. Are you making fun of me? Scott? No, I mean I no, think I'm you're making fun of, of me. I'm proud of you. I just, I just think that's so cool that you use footnotes. That's good. I'm still, I still think you're making fun of me. No, I don't. Okay, maybe a little, but not a lot. I mean, not like, like I could. No, no I'm just kidding. So, so let's let's do this. There, there's people listening to this that think, you know what, I, I could write a book. I, I might not use footnotes, but they'd have to, right? What, what, what do you tell them? What do you tell an inspiring writer? What, what do you tell one of your students or somebody just walks up to you at the coffee shop and says, read your books, loved it, thinking about writing a book? What do you say? Number one, you're not going to get rich off of writing a book. Sure. You, and your, your goal is to get that information out. So I, I looked at the Cliffside book and the Gems of the River Cities book. I wanted that information to get out so people could have uh, some pride in our mm-hmm. in our area. Mm-hmm. Your goal is to make break even. Yep. Uh, the more work you do up front, the better it is through the publishing. I, I've published all three of these books locally. It's for a, a company called Right Eye, and uh, their graphics, and they're located by the Jesse Stewart okay. uh, Foundation. And if you want to go that route, for example, like with uh, with all of the books, uh, I found my own pictures, made sure that uh, you know they weren't copyrighted. Uh, right, because there's a lot of there's a lot of things you have to cross off the list so that you're not in, in, no plagiarism, not using a picture you're not entitled to those. So there's there's a lot of things you have to exactly have to do. Right, right. Uh, you know you can't. Like take a picture of Cliffside Park or, or uh, Central Park, and if there's a bunch of kids there, I mean, you know, you can't publish the faces. Right, right, right. So uh, you know, you you have to you have to be careful with your pictures, but you want you can it's it, it's not it's not easy if you wanted to self publish because it's things that you never think about. If you look at the on the back of a book, you have the ISBN numbers. Right. Well, an ISBN number you know, that's a lot of work to get that. And you know you have to have a different number for ebooks if you're going to do ebooks. Right Eye takes care of that, so uh, you're still self-publishing, but they're doing. But some, you have some help. Yes, they're doing That's some cool. of that work, and they'll put it in the book format for you. So if you want to use Microsoft Word, it's not an easy transition, but uh, you know they right. can do that. Uh, if if you want your publisher to do a lot of the work, then it's going to cost a lot more money. But you're going to have to pay a lot of money up front you know, for people that's thinking about this because uh, you have to buy the books. 
mm-hmm. and the more you buy, then you know they can give you a break on them. But I mean, you know, the books, you know, might be sixty to seventy dollars per book, right? And just with the cost of everything's gone up uh, since I wrote Cliffside Park, uh, everything's gone up. So it all depends on the the quality of paper. I mean, a lot of different things. You know, the thickness, the you know, this textbook, it had to be a bigger book because of its textbook. Right. And for people that, uh, you know, has problems seeing. But you, you need to, there's a lot of things you need to consider. And the big thing you have to look at is who is your audience? Yeah. And the thing that I noticed with my first two local history books, uh, I hate to say this, but a lot of my audience were, are dying they're, off. They're gone. Right. So, the you know, you you'd, you ask about, you know, another history book and – I just don't know if there's a market right. for it. I mean, just the the younger people don't don't read as much, right? And if you can, I think put, they can pull it up. Or, and I do. I mean, we all do that. Yes. I want some information on something. I pull it up. Yeah. So you'd have to be somebody uh, interested in the community, interested yeah. in the history of the community. Mm-hmm. I, I got you. Yeah. yeah. Got to know yeah. your market. So, and, and if you're really going to, if you want to write a, a mystery novel, uh, you know, we've got a professor here that's written a, a lot of good uh, novels. Uh, Horror, horror no- novels and mystery novels, uh, but he's got a, a, an international market. Oh, wow. So he knows his market. And if you're thinking about doing something like that, you have to analyze the market and you have to analyze how are you going to market it yourself. Because if you're doing self-publishing, guess what? You're going to have to market the book. You know, and you're, you're going to take it to bookstores. They're going to reject you. You just have to keep keep it's your head up. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and if you're one of these people that, that doesn't like rejection, then – the writing might not be the, the the deal for you because you're going to get a lot of rejections. They're going right. to look at it and say, this just isn't what we what we want. Right. I'm proud of you, man. That's, that's I mean, it, 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 my friend, Dale Queen, professor, instructor, author, nice work. <laughs> oh, I mean, so drummer that. buddy, we'll talk about that on another show. But, uh, you know, if anybody wanted to get in contact, obviously you're going to have a lot of people listen to this and become your students. If somebody wanted information on, look, I, you know, I think I do want to write a book. They can contact you here? Sure. Yes. Yeah, they can email me here at ACTC. I'd be happy to talk to them about that. Just that easy. And and, and this was just a whole lot of fun. I really wasn't making fun, but I think it's cool to use footnotes. This is my, my buddy, Dale Queen, and uh, it's from the den. <laughs>